welcome to a- another episode of the Grant Rant. This is a mini rant. Um, maybe we'll call them Tom Talks, kind of like <laughs> TED Talks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out later, Tom. Um, I'm joined again by uh, Senior Grants Consultant Tom Kuhn. Hey, Tom. Hi, Mallory. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, a new and exciting opportunity from NSF, the NSF Engines Program. Uh, room, room, room. Prepare yourself for many puns uh, during this mini episode. <laughs> um, but this is this is a really interesting. Uh, this is kind of the first big new program out of the NSF TIP. Correct, Tom? That's right. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's talk about what this is all about. How many? Uh, opportunities are going to be and kind of what the goals are. So let's start there. Let's start with what is the engines program? Well, yeah. And first you might want to check out our earlier mini podcast about uh, early Tom talk about the NSF TIP directorate, the first new directorate in 30 years. And so the technology and innovation and partnershiping has been something that's a strong focus at NSF for a long time, 50 plus years. This is the new, the tip is the new, uh, first new directorate in about 30 years, and this is their first serious funding mechanism. The, the, the TIP directorate and this mechanism are, are really designed to accelerate the uh, work that really pulls use-inspired and translational work that pulls what is traditionally uh, core science level R&D efforts at the bench and even moving in the direction of commercialization. But this is a new focus on creating regional engines, they're calling them, that can really catalyze and accelerate the level of work being done at NSF, but also by the applicants and more broadly other federal agencies to really make sure that there's a strong capture and and development of use-inspired research that makes a difference in society. So as we know, NSF always looks at intellectual merit and broader impacts as the merit review criteria for anything that they're funding. This is an effort to scale up that work and to work simultaneously on the science and the applicability of the science to large social problems. And the engines are really designed to stand up um, ecosystems of capabilities that can catalyze this work across a broad spectrum of applicants and stakeholders. So it's NSF moving a bit beyond the traditional model of basic science in the higher education space and moving to uh, much more broader, translatable, uh, use-inspired research at the national level. Mm-hmm. So this is a center with a capital C. Indeed. Maybe all caps. Maybe. <laughs> um, so there's a couple different types of awards as part of this, correct? That's correct. There's, there okay. are type one and type two awards. All right. Well, let's dive into it. What's a type one versus what's a type two? Yeah, and just for a little context, so what NSF is doing with these engines is standing up very large-scale, geographically focused and, and important topic-focused initiatives to really catalyze the work that's being done across that region and even across the nation. So in, in theory, let's go backwards. What they're trying to do is set up these big 10-year $160 million innovation engines that straddle all the stakeholders in particular areas that are focused on particular topics and begin to move and develop research, uh, move existing and develop new research that can work to solve those kinds of problems. So these type two awardees, there's only going to be five in this first tranche of, of awards, um, these $160 million beasts, uh, they have staged efforts to really move from standing up the engine and the whole network of people that it will take and getting their, you know, getting their feet sunk into research and beginning to move the needle on 
the the applicability of that research that, uh, to broader societal problems. But NSF, in its infinite wisdom, always recognizes the need for uh, newer startups, uh, organizations that may not be ready for this level of effort. And so they have the Type 1 award, which is up to a million dollars, up to two years. And the idea here is that you would spend time with your stakeholders in your geography, developing and articulating what that engine might be for a future Type 2 award. Okay. So, and for those wondering, when you said 10 year, 160 million, my eyes totally did that cartoon like bunging out of my head uh, <laughs> because, because that is huge. That is massive. Um, and so let's, so, you know, is it something where, and again, we don't, we don't really know because this is a brand new program. Um, but it sounds like type two um, is for established partnerships. So, you know, the centers that have been working together or have established partnerships, they've done all of that planning. Maybe they have, you know, a smaller center that they now want to kind of translate into, you know, something bigger. Um, and so they're more ready. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody that in order to be competitive for a type two, you have to go through the type one process first. NSF is kind of leaving it up to each, each uh, pool of applicants to kind of make that, um, you know, to kind of feel whether or not they're ready, correct? It's not just up for the applicants to decide. NSF is using a pathway of concept papers to get early yeses and nos. So in order to apply for a type two or a type one, you have to submit a concept outline to NSF. Uh, those were already due for this round. And based on those, NSF will give you an invite for a full type two or recommend a type one development proposal. So it's kind of like what we typically see from something like DOD. It's it's kind of the same pathway. Yeah, using the the broad agency announcement and and looking at these uh, these preliminary proposals, you, you see NSF do it sometimes. Uh, certainly in the centers, like the materials science research centers, um, but they're getting uh, getting the applicants to submit their concepts early so they can give good feedback on the level of uh, of, of assistance you might go for and your readiness. Okay. Very interesting. I think one of the more challenging aspects of this particular opportunity is if you look at the BAA, which is available on the TIP Directorate's website, you go over to the NSF Engines program, and then it'll take you to the BAA um, for those who want to take a look at it. Um, you get to a section where they're talking about topic areas, you know, so generally speaking, you know, you can understand what NSF's trying to do here. They're trying to, you know, put together these, these large centers with a capital C, E, capital E, capital A, you know, the whole, the whole capital. Um, yeah. They're trying to put together these large center scale awards um, to kind of generate and kind of help um, develop an ecosystem that will draw in all sorts of partners to, you know, catalyze the, you know, tech transfer and, you know, innovation. Okay, that's all nice, but it sounds kind of broad. And so you go to the topic areas and, you know, I find the topic areas to be kind of broad too. So when we, you know, look at the competitive topic areas, they have um, a handful of them. One of them is to address compelling national societal and or economic challenges, accelerate advances in emerging technologies and industries, have the potential for disruptive R&D that makes tangible progress towards addressing the challenge while creating startups, be driven by needs, capabilities, and applications important to the local regional economy, and consider and potentially leverage other existing large-scale efforts in the topic area. This seems horribly broad to me. Am I just misreading this, or or is that kind of you know the plan here is to kind of leave it up to each engine applicant to kind of narrow in within that broader topic area? 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, they have some specific topic areas. And as you know, NSF's been after a while, some big ideas, right? Really solving cancer, looking at the environment, um, working on cybersecurity. They really have a sense that the R&D projects that they fund, the individual ones, they have a portfolio mindset, right? So that in the computer information science uh, and engineering directorate, you'll see, for instance, that they have, uh, you know, they'll manage the whole portfolio, even though they'll invest one and two million dollar projects in multiple efforts uh, spanning different um, different topics and subtopics. What's different about engines is it's really a designed to catalyze and converge all this and grow and sustain a regional innovation capability that's going to be fairly geographic, but also always topic focused. So a large uh, new engine center is going to focus on you know, an array, a, a master and array of subtopics that are really designed to help move the needle on something specific like environmental degradation, you know, these kinds of major societal issues. And so you're right there. It is kind of broad, but the expectation is that these larger, especially the type two centers are really focusing on uh, an, a, a full array of efforts help to, to, to advance the needle and make a difference in these very large, complex um, problem areas, which is a lot of the reason why they're looking at, you know, convergent and interdisciplinary acceleration, because they know the more they can infuse dollars into a region of, of smart stakeholders, of interested parties, of researchers, of small businesses, entrepreneurs, even the diversity of the various people that live in those geographic regions coming through the high schools and community colleges into STEM programs at the undergrad and graduate level and beyond, right? Whether they step into academia and get a PhD and a postdoc and go for the traditional R&D awards, or whether they step into an entrepreneurial role and start or become a senior someone, SME at a company, the idea is that these engines are really gonna catalyze and accelerate all of that work simultaneously in a directed uh, focus so that, for instance, you know, some regions in the U.S. may be focused on climate change. Some may be focused on major water issues. Some may be focused on um, technology and healthcare. So it's a broad array of activities that will be involved in each engine within the, the within the general topic area and with the focus on always moving towards the commercialization of, of solutions that can really make a difference. Okay, that's helpful. So it's but it's kind of interesting because on the one hand it's broad, but then you get down and you look through the BAA a little bit more and you'll realize that NSF has a very um, specific idea of each phase of what an mm-hmm. NSF engine is going to be. So they've kind of broken it down into years of of you know what they think um, you know the amount of time should be spent in each phase, and depending on where you're at depends kind of on where you apply phase one or phase two exactly right yeah and they've broken it down they they're showing us the, the the 10 years you're talking about there's a there's a visual in the baa really is their model for the movement of these giant centers they know nsf knows it's going to take a while to stand up even some of the most mature ones and to make sure that they're you know achieving the goals so they've got these five phases the first phase is development and that's about a two-year phase whether or not you are a full type two or in, or in the development phase, the type one is designed specifically to help uh, groups of stakeholders in a geographic region focusing on a particular topic, help them to develop the capabilities and the plans and the partnerships needed to go in for a full type two. Again, the type two are the big 10-year, multi-phased, $160 million initiatives, whereas the type one are the two-year phase one development initiatives. And we'll generally see people, uh, what NSF is expecting is to see applicants move from that development phase uh, in type one and then come in and apply for type two. And for those 
few that are eligible to get or able to get a type two award up front, they're going to supervise and work with uh, all phases, development through the nascent phase where the partnership is really solidified and the innovation activities start to emerge and ramp up. Then the emergent phase where you really start to see the engine turned on and the gears cranking and then subsequent phases of growth and maturity after which NSF expects at the application for there to be strategies to sustain these centers beyond the, the initial 10 years of funding. So it's a significant uh, effort and NSF has, you know, a nice pathway for uh, groups that aren't ready for the full um, type two engine to really establish it, to get in there. So it's a, uh, it's classic NSF that they're, you know, working to move people into that model. Yeah, that's helpful. And they're using the broad agency announcement. We talked about this in the, in the tip organization, the broad agency announcement is something more familiar to traditional DOD or sorry, I should say governmental contracting. Um, and it allows uh, NSF a lot more flexibility in, in, the, in the ways that they're assembling and accepting leads, uh, proposals from different types of organizations outside the traditional boundaries of the institutes of higher education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is, uh, because this is a new program, do we know if this is going to, if the concept uh, or sort of the, you know, the type one um, is going to be offered again next year? We don't know yet, right? We don't know for sure, but I'm when we're watching while I'm watching the webinars come out of this and, you know, the NSF director, the new assistant director for technology at TIP and others are really speaking about the longevity of this. This engines initiative is a major launch for NSF. There's clearly been a lot of thought in it and there's a lot of agency support behind it. And so I don't think these are going away. In fact, I think this is the first tranche of a significant federal investment in uh, NSF's ability to lead the way to not only define the pathways for moving R&D into society, but to really set a new stage for use inspired and translational work that just doesn't always exist. Uh, much like PCORI did to NSF, the Patient-Centered mm -hmm. Outcomes Research Institute really mm -hmm. focused on that applicability of health research to uh, end users, the patients and the caregivers. NSF is, say, is doing something similar here, not that they're following NIH's lead, but they're really saying we have the ability to catalyze at a very large scale all of the R&D. So they're not just going to focus on their own, right? They're going to look at DOD funded R&D, NIH funded R&D, and move all of as much of that, the information gleaned there and the focus towards this, these larger uh, engine goals. Okay. So if you're listening to this and um, you're just like, wow, this sounds amazing. This is really revving my engine. You see what I did there? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, so corny. Um, but if you're listening to this and um, you want to apply, but you haven't submitted that concept paper, you can't apply. <laughs> You've missed uh, the, the deadline for this particular BAA, which was the cutoff was, I believe it was June 30th. Um, and so, you know, this is a program by all indications, it's going to continue. It's going to be reissued. We don't know when. We don't know what that frequency looks like yet. Right. But take a look at this BAA. Get yourself, you know, familiar with what they're looking for. Again, let's just kind of run through the two types that that are enumerated in this particular BAA. There's the Type One, which is a two-year program, um, total funding of one million over those two years, and it's going to span the you know development phase only. Um, so that's kind of when you're, you know, it, it's kind of like a planning phase, right? Tom? Yes. Planning, like hyper planning. Yes. 
Okay. Um, and then beyond that, anything beyond that is going to be a type two. So that's going to be up to 10 years. That's a massive jump there. Um, two years versus 10 years. So type two is up to 10 years. The initial two year budget though, is going to be capped at 15 million and it's going to be a total funding amount of 160 million over that 10 years. And it's going to span every other phase. Um, so the nascent phase, emergent and growth phases with the idea being that at the end of that 10 year period, the center and the innovation ecosystem is going to be established and it's going to be able to kind of sustain, you know, beyond NSF funding. That's right. Um, so, you know, take a look at this, uh, BAA, you know, get, you know, familiar, watch the webinars, you know, go to the office hours, you know, learn about it because you want to be prepared for when this comes out. Again, this is not something, you know, typically where, um, you know, you see the RFP or the BAA drop and, and, and you just say, hey, we should do this. This is something that's going to require some, you know, planning even before you submit your concept paper. Um, does that sound right, Tom? Yeah, that's exactly right. With I would add one thing to this. Um, even though you're right, the application period, the, the concept outlines has passed. What's interesting about this in engine mechanism is that um, there's a lot of opportunities for collaborative work. So I would encourage those of you who feel like you have ideas and want to connect to these larger scale engines to reach out and find these networks that are developing in your geography. And don't worry as much about the deadline as an applicant as the opportunities you may uh, uncover to partner with these engines to find the right role for your research, your laboratory, your students, your, your connections to industry and your connections to businesses, because that's what these things are all about. Uh, and especially when the type one awards come out and they're working on the development, there's still opportunity for individual faculty, for departments, even schools at universities and their various affiliates and partners and collaborators to work to get into these type one planning stage uh, efforts and to uh, you know make, play, play a role there, not necessarily having to be the applicant on their own. Okay, great. Um, well, Tom, I, I tip my hat to you. <laughs> You're just... much better at the puns than I am. Oh, God. It's, <laughs> it's not even that good. Um, but thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining me today so that we could talk about this. Um, you know, really interesting program. Um, again, as Tom mentioned earlier, um, we have another um, Tom talk uh, about the NSF tip. Um, so if you want to learn more broadly about what NSF is doing with this new directorate, go listen to that. Um, there's some good nuggets there. Um, and then coming up, we'll have our full grant rant episode on the fiscal year 2023 budget. That should be coming out uh, relatively soon. Um, and yeah, so if you have any questions about tip, if you have any questions about the budget, if you have any questions about engines, email them to me at podcast at Hanover and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.